BDR's Prime Partners podcast delivers insight on services, resources, and business practices that can help your company succeed faster. Listen and learn for ways to take your company forward. Welcome to the Prime Partners podcast. I'm Matt MacArthur, BDR's Director of Training. Today, our topic is, are you maximizing your website's potential? Joining us today is Angela Keel, Senior Marketing Coach from BXB Media. Angela, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Very glad that you're here, Angela. Uh, Your company, BXB Media, has been a longtime partner with uh, my company, BDR. You helped us build our website, so uh, you're the perfect guest to have on today. And for our listeners, could you tell us a little bit about what you do at BXB? Sure. Um, Yeah, so like Matt said, I am Senior Marketing Coach. Um, I have been working with BXB for about six years. Um, BXB has been doing, uh, doing websites for about 12 years. And right before I started with the company, we sort of shifted our focus to uh, specifically HVAC, home services, local service, uh, specifically HVAC. Um, you know, we have a, a few other things in the index, um, but that's, that's our primary focus is uh, local service and home services. Uh, so when we made the shift, um, they brought me in. So it was about, it was 2015. So just over six years ago. Um, and uh, I am the mark, one of the, one of the marketing coaches. So what we do is work with uh, each one of the companies. Um, so I have a number of clients and I work directly with either the owner or somebody else within the company to help um, we really at the base level, we start with doing websites. So we'll start with a website. Uh, and then from there, we work on all avenues of marketing in terms of building uh, your online presence, um, helping, you know, helping give you guys the tools, give you give our clients the tools to make their phones ring, uh, to grow their business locally, um, you know, all, all, the, all those things and, and making creating an understanding of why, um, how the digital marketplace works uh, and why it's so important for um, all local service, but specifically HVAC uh, is most, most of the people I work with uh, working to create an understanding of how it works and why it works and what you should do online, essentially. Cool. Uh, and I, I love your model there at BXB because I think many contractors uh, today, they, they understand they've got to have a good website, but really that's kind of it's more than that. And it is require kind of an ongoing process. Um, and that's why having BXB and you as, as an ongoing coach for their website and more generally some of their marketing around that is so important because it's everything's got to evolve. It's always changing. Uh, and, and you all help uh, help dealers and, and contractors deal with that. Yeah, that's a really good point, too, is is. Um... And even just in the six years that I've been doing this, uh, we've seen a shift between um, like we sort of saw it coming, knowing that that websites were not just a static thing that had to exist, but but they really had to be with. Um, And that's where we sort of came up with the idea of a marketing coach, which is how I came into the company was creating a model where we interact with the, the companies every month, you know, sometimes every week. 
uh, depending on on what level of of program they're on, which is to keep us and you guys involved, keep the contractors involved with their websites um, because it is it's like a living, breathing thing. You know, it's not a it's not a static brochure like it used to be even just five years ago. Um, the the culture has shifted around those things, and that's what what I do specifically is work with those with my clients to uh, continually evolve in that space. Yeah, and and full disclosure, you are also uh, BDR's uh, marketing coach for our website, and we meet with you weekly. That's true. It's very fun. <laughs> well, and yeah, and we and we've we've done so much, and it's like I can't even imagine not having you and BXB part of our uh, website development. Um, that, that I can't even comprehend that. So, um, let me ask you my first question, Angela, and pretty basic one, but I think it's a good place for us to start. You know, what are the benefits of a great website for a contractor? Um, yeah, so I think, well, and I just I sort of touched on that just a tiny bit, is that really, you know, and, and this would be something I would have said to people five or six years ago, is without a website, it it's almost like a company doesn't exist at this point. You know, it's even even just a little while ago, you could look maybe look something up on the yellow pages or like there would be other ways to find information um, about a, especially a local service company. Um, but at this point, really, you have to have a website to be to exist, you know, for people to be able to find you. So at the very base level, like it is it's like having a phone number at this point. You know, if you don't have a website where people can find the information about you, um, you you almost might as well not exist because there's not it's that's the place that people are going to go to look for you and to find new companies and new information. Um, you know, there it and again, it's sort of it's not a static website. It's it's something that lives and it breathes and it's and it's a way to communicate with your your customers, your current customers. It's a way to um, reach out to new customers. Uh, and it creates a place, sort of a central location for all of that information to live, even finding employees or even current employees. You know, there's all sorts of ways to use a website now as a sort of a central location of where to get information about your business. OK, and so let me ask you this. Um, if, if you've got to have a website today, you may as well I like that, what you said. You may as well not even exist without a website. I think that's totally true. Um, what are some of the differences between what would be a good website and what would be a bad website? Yeah, so I think, I mean, if you're looking, there's definitely design-wise and functionality-wise um, very specific things that would be, could be considered like an old website or a new website. So, um, maybe people probably don't even, aren't even fully aware of this, but even probably seven years ago or so, maybe 10, you would always see the menu on the side, like all the navigation would be on the left-hand side of the page. Um, and that's where you would sort of navigate through the website. Um, and probably seven or eight years ago, everything sort of switched to being um, like across the top and that's sort of the standard now. Mm -hmm. um, so have like, 
having a having a website that that sits in sort of an old design would be something that would be potentially <laughs> negative thing with this website. Um, it just looks outdated and subconsciously you might not even really realize that there had been a shift from that sort of design feature. But subconsciously, when I stumble upon a website that either the other one would be maybe a fixed width, which is where the the content on the site only goes so wide. So no matter how big of a screen you're looking at it on, it's only like it's fixed within the screen, essentially. Um, and that's that usually is indicative of a website that is not responsive or not mobile ready. So those mobile ready is also sort of an older phrase, old internet old is like two years, right? You know, <laughs> so people would say mobile ready a lot. Um, and essentially a responsive design or mobile ready site is still, it, it still communicates the same idea. But what really that means is the way people use the internet has shifted from desktops to mobile. You know, more and more we see a, a split, um, more than 50% of people are accessing websites uh, through a mobile device. And so what that means is if you have a site that design-wise is very, very old, potential is, uh, is um, would be like, which would, would not be a great thing for a site, but then functionality-wise, if you don't have uh, a site that's responsive or able to be viewed on a mobile device um, for a number of reasons, one, you're going to lose people because they're not going to, they're not going to have the patience to scroll through your site on a mobile device. Two, it actually negatively affects you within Google. So those, Google actually can, can tell when a site is mobile ready, when it's responsive, when it can be used on a, on a mobile device. It actually knows if a site can do that or not, and it will penalize you in search results if you're not mobile ready. So that's a big piece of like, as the internet changes, these are things that if you do not have one of these things, it is gonna affect you late, down the line or very directly. Um, with search results and other things within Google or other search engines, essentially. Okay, wow, there's a, there's a lot I, I want to unpack there. Um, <laughs> so one thing was, you know, just talking about um, the, the the image that your website portrays, and that if you have mm -hmm. maybe an older design website, what is, what is that saying about your company? You know, a consumer gets mm -hmm. there and they're like. Ooh man, is this some company that's maybe not mm -hmm. as technology advanced? Mm -hmm. um, I think about uh, a consumer seeing a contractor's trucks on the road, and if they see nice, clean, new trucks, they they an image creates in their mind about that contractor already compared to the mm -hmm. company that maybe has the old truck that's dirty, that's kind of falling mm -hmm. apart. It's not not well organized and clean there. It, it creates, it's part of your branding too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so I like that aspect of it. And then um, talking about the mobile part of it, because uh, BDR went through this. We, before mm -hmm. we worked with BXB, we had a, a site that was not uh, responsive. It wasn't easy to navigate on the phone. Um, and mm -hmm. uh, so all that stuff is like, that's kind of out of the wheelhouse of the normal contractor. This is, this is yeah. why you need a, a website coach, a marketing coach. Um, yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about the role, uh, your role as a marketing coach working with an individual contractor and how you help them 
continue their their growth and development of their website and their marketing. Yeah. So um, some of those basic, I'll just say some of those basic things about real quick about the branding and and having the a website that's up to date. Um, and again, I sort of go back to that um, subconscious when you view a website that's outdated or you see a truck that's outdated, there's this subconscious thing, you know, actually, you know, I, years ago I came from food service and I had a boss, this is like 15 years ago, 20 years ago, it said, if the bathroom's dirty, it's going to create subconsciously that mm-hmm. people are going to think that there's something dirty in the kitchen. Right. So it's the same kind of idea. Like if the, the truck's dirty or the website's not up to date, it creates a subconscious like distrust of what's happening, you know? And so making sure that the websites are clean and they, one of the things we do with BXB often is we change the banners and the messaging and, you know, various pieces of the site. Um, We update it seasonally so that one, because HVAC companies business is very seasonal uh, and two, because that creates again, that subconscious um, awareness that, oh yes, this website's up to date. It's winter and I have a winter scene. You know, I, I, I'm seeing that the site's being updated on a regular basis. Summer, I see a summer scene, that kind of thing. Um, and those, and that, that also just talking about those concepts is kind of, is, is part of where the marketing coach comes in because, um, like I see over, you know, a lot of my clients that I work with have a lot of, like, we all want to grow your business. That's, that's what we're here to do is to help people's phone ring, to help, you know, bring in new leads. Like that's what we want to do. Um, and then having someone, my company and, and me, me specifically, cause I'm the senior, <laughs> no, um, but like ha- using one of the marketing coach, having a marketing coach, one of the things that's unique about what we do when we work with co- contractors specifically is that we get to know the company, we get to know your, your local market. Um, one of the neat things about BXB as a whole, um, and oh, I'll just say that it is a pleasure to work with BDR as well. <laughs> it's really because and really that's a good example of working with you guys on a weekly basis. We get to know you and we get to know uh, your business and we get to know your area. And so as we update the site, we can start to, like using your company personality in in creating mm-hmm. the messaging on the website, you know, and it creates that over overall branding so like there's there's sort of a couple different levels that people can work with bxb um we have sort of a basic website google my business that kind of package uh and then we do branch into like full-blown marketing where we do video and all those other types of like billboards and all kinds of neighborhood stuff right um and anywhere in between um from like a brand building standpoint and and my job is to work directly with the contractors so that I can get to know them and then I, we can help build sort of a, like not sort of really a tailored marketing program based on who they are, who their, their customers are, um, you know, what their geographic area is because people in Texas versus people in, um, you know, Minnesota have totally different types of marketing that they'll use, you know, and it's all based on getting to know each, each client uh, personally. So. Right, right on. Um, so let's take this back to the website a little bit, because um, yeah, there's such a broad array of stuff that BXB can help a contractor with. Um, 
we've talked a little bit about the design of websites and that they need to be responsive and they should look modern and maybe some of the navigation functionally for for a contractor what are the kind of the basic functions because um, i'm imagining people sure. listening to this podcast and they're like boy i'm going to go take a look at my website and i want to see does it have a b and c on it that that it that angela said it needs to have you know so yeah. what are the functions that a, a website for a contractor's got to deliver today I would say the, um, well, I'm going to list them before I count them because I can't, I can't think that fast. <laughs> so one of them would be um, uh, branding top front and center. So usually like a logo on top, um, a phone number and a call to action. Uh, what we use in our company, we call it the sticky header. I don't know if that's the technical name. That's what we call it, where uh, when you scroll on the site, that sort of stripe of information that's at the top of the screen remains at the top of the screen no matter where you are. That's what we call the sticky header. And in that, we make we want to see branding, so logo or whatever, um, phone number, and call to action. Usually, um, like a request service. Sometimes I see people do like financing or a pay now button, um, mm. depending on what is. Uh, you know, what the priority is for the company. Uh, those three things sort of living at the top would be one of the main um, best practices, I would say, should be on every site. Um, additionally, um, some kind of contact form or review form or chat. That would be the other thing that has sort of come into play a lot recently. Um, if not a chat service, at least some kind of contact form. Um, and then Additional sort of best practices would be about the company, you know, a list of services, uh, some of those informational things like that. Um, yeah, I think that would be those would be the those would be the top things I would say to check for. OK, let me see if I got this. So at the top, okay. we need our branding and logo. We need a phone number and we need a call to action of some sort. Mm -hmm. uh, then we're going to have a contact form. Uh, list of our services and maybe the chat function. So I want to want to hone in on the chat function because I'm starting to see that more and more at different websites. Yeah. Talk to me about how that works. I mean, does that mean uh, the contractor's got to have somebody in their office ready to answer chats all the time, or is it a third-party service? How does that part work? Yeah. So, well, the first. The first thing I'll just say about chat in general is that um, we started seeing it come into play probably like four years ago, you know, was when, maybe when our first person put it on. Um, and then especially in this last year and a half, we've seen it explode with the amount of people um, chatting, you know, particularly last year when um, nobody wanted any human contact, right? So we had like a lot of people really latching on to digital communication in a different way. So we really saw the amount of interactions on chat explode in the last two years. And there's a number of different ways to do it. There's a lot of chat companies out there. Um, there's some that focus on local service in particular. Um, you know, and those are the people that focus on some like specifically HVAC or specifically home services are going to be a little bit better. Um, you can do it where somebody in the office answers them. We've found the the best um, like the best uh, 
percentage or ratio leads that get closed through chat is when we have a third party that's answering them. I don't know what the exact numbers is numbers are per, like percentage wise, um, but I know that I can see the billing that my clients get for their chats, and I can see some of them get hundreds, right over the course mm -hmm. of the summer have had hundreds of leads, qualified leads come in um, from a chat service, and we do the it would be the that the one that we offer is a home service based one, um, and it is answered by a third party. Um, the nice thing about that one and some of the other ones, I have another client that uses a third party one um, that does a really good job. Basically, you, anyone where you can provide the script um, and sort of customize what the people are saying is really useful because that way somebody could say, uh, my example always is um, one of my clients that is in uh, New Mexico, they do something called swamp coolers. I had no idea what that was, <laughs> meant nothing to me. I don't even know what it is officially either. But they were able to um, customize their chat script so that when somebody asked about swamp coolers, the the company had an answer for them, um, which was really cool. So it's a, a one where you're able to do something in that respect as well um, is also really useful. Does that answer your question? <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a, a great answer. And so I think that probably puts some folks at ease of you know, they don't have to dedicate some of their own administrative resources to handling this. They can sub it out to a third party, give them some coaching and some tools, uh, and this can really be effective. Um, for me, I do, I've got a couple pet peeves about chat functions on websites, just from my personal experience. Mm -hmm. So two things that have happened to me. One, I went to my, uh, my car dealership and, um, it's funny what's happening at the car dealerships. They're they're struggling just like HVAC and home services is trying to find people. Mm -hmm. So if you call them on the phone now, the phone just rings and you go to a voicemail. Yeah. And nobody picks up the phone anymore. And so yeah. I had an issue with my car and I tried calling them. Nobody picked up. Nobody's getting back to me. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go to the website, see if I can email somebody or do something. They had a chat feature on there. I'm like, oh, perfect. I can talk to somebody. I can get some action going, get an appointment, get in there, get my car fixed. We get on the chat and you're talking to this person and you literally cannot do anything. You can't set an appointment. You know, oh, well, you need to call for that. Uh, they could do nothing other than just say, hey, thanks for uh, contacting this car dealership. Um <laughs> So to me, like if, if you can't do something on the chat, and that's what I liked what you were talking about, getting leads qualified, you know, and starting that process so that something is actually happening for the customer um, mm -hmm. and, and going forward. The other one more personal story here, Angela. Um, I was uh, buying food from a restaurant and I had used their app. and so I'm sitting in the restaurant. It's 20 minutes since the the proposed delivery time, you know, when my food was supposed to be ready. So I'm sitting there and looking at the app, and uh, they have a chat feature. It's like, okay, this is cool. Uh, maybe they can help me to so get on the chat thing. And it was some sort of like automated chat. It wasn't a real person. And before I know it, my food order is canceled. Uh, and I was like, I didn't, I didn't ask you to do that. Uh, I didn't want that. 
Um, and it, I couldn't even talk to a human. So it was like, it couldn't even be saved. And so I just ended up walking in and ordering it at the counter. Like I should have done in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, side note from uh, Matt's life yeah. on website chat. Yeah. Well, and one of the nice, like, and I, I have experience with a couple different ones. Most obviously the one that we offer to our clients is the one I have the most experience with, but I do have a few clients that use a couple other versions and they all, the ones that are the most successful are, it's a real person that's answering them. Um, there's a real conversation that happens. You know, there's a real transcript. They send the whole transcript over to the office and say, this okay. is what happened which is great. And then the other thing that's really nice about that is when, when the transcript comes over, like I, as the contractor then can see X, Y, Z thing that they either did wrong or whatever, let's say. Right. Um, and I have the opportunity then to basically correct the script and say, okay, well, if somebody says this at this point, like, or this is the name of our maintenance plan, if somebody asked about it, you know? So the nice thing about some of those ones, especially when they're run by a company that knows local service is that, um, we do get the opportunity to, to actually interact back with that third party um, and make sure that the chats are going, you know, going in and out the way they're supposed to, if that makes sense. No, that is cool. Love that. Yeah. Now we're getting yeah. somewhere. So let, let's, uh, let's look at the website from a little different direction. We, we talked about the functions it's got to have today. What are some mistakes that you see with kind of common mistakes with contractor websites? Um, let me think about that for a second. So, uh, well, one I would say is, um, again, sort of design wise, if it's, if it's outdated, um, something that I often find frustrating, um, is if it's not easy to find what I'm looking for. And so that's one of the places we talk about from a best practices, best practice, having a request service form and a phone number, and really easy to find. Um, hopefully an easy navigation where if I'm looking for specific products, um, I can, I can easily find where those are supposed to be. Um, the other one would be, do you offer financing? Uh, do you have promotions of some kind, whether it be, um, like the, uh, the brand promotion, like whatever financing has come through for the fall, um, or spring, or, um, if you guys have some kind of, um, promotion going on in the office. So what I, what's frustrating to me when I, when we get a website is, um, or when I'm navigating a website even is when I find some of those key things hard to find, or I'm overwhelmed with information on the homepage. Mm -hmm. That one's also challenging is if there's too much coming at me, if it's like got a bunch of moving things or slideshows, those for a number of reasons are not great. One being Personally, I find them a little overwhelming visually. And then secondly, they often can slow down a site. You and I might not notice the difference in speed necessarily, but Google notices, right? So those, anytime you have those movements or things that take a long time to load um, can often slow a website down, even just milliseconds, but enough that it can affect your search results within Google. Um, so when I get on a site and I see some of those pieces, I automatically think, Ugh, this is a little bit outdated because it's also a little bit of an old school way of doing things. Um, and then the last thing I'll say about that is, um, I, I think a big mistake that people make on their websites is not having reviews on their website. 
Um, I, we see that a lot. We, you know, you can always find reviews in Google, Yelp, Angie's List, wherever, you know, wherever it is that people are putting in reviews. Um, but I think it's very important to have reviews on your website. We call those first party reviews. Um, we have a system that helps you, you know, people can actually put reviews in through the website. Um, and which is very helpful from an SEO standpoint, um, from a search engine optimization. Um, but if I'm on a site and I'm especially a local service company and I don't see reviews for them specifically, um, it's often a little bit of a red flag. Yeah. And so on the reviews, just, just so I'm clear on this, what you're saying is a little different than just uh, highlighting we got five-star reviews on Google. You're talking about a customer can actually go to the the contractor's website and type in, "Hey, I had such a great experience. I love this company, and my air quality is better than ever." Five stars, and they do it right there on your website. Yeah, that's a really important tool to use, like that you can have on your website um, for a number of reasons. One of them being it helps build SEO on the site. Um, it actually can, I, one of the reasons I like, one of the sort of silly reasons I like reviews on a website versus Google or something is that, um, especially with our BXB sites, because um, I don't know other, any other company, so that's my experience, <laughs> is that when somebody puts in a review on one of our websites, that's where it lives. So like if somebody has a complaint they need to render for some very strange reason, of course, um, and they, need to vent about whatever happened. Um, if they put it through on the website, we actually have control over whether or not that goes public. And uh -huh. it creates like a service recovery opportunity. And we've I've actually seen, I don't know how many times, not a ton, but a, at least probably close to 10 times in the years I've been doing this, where I've seen a negative review come through. We've notified the company. Uh, the contractor, and then the contractor was able to reach out to that cu customer and resolve the issue before the customer went and put an, a bad review on any other platform. So having that space on the website where somebody can interact with it is a really important piece of having that site up. Um, because, I mean, one one bad review out of four four years, whatever, but it does create like an opportunity to recover that service it keeps that bad review out of out of the public eye, which is a you know really important in the long run. Um, you know, so there's there's a lot of different reasons why that's important. Um, that would be you know one of them, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, that that's an awesome feature. Um, mm -hmm. Really cool. Now you you've mentioned Google a couple times, and this is this was pretty fascinating to me about. And correct me if I'm wrong. I thought I heard you say that Google actually is paying attention to how fast your website uh, runs and that if you're not kind of up to speed, they may put you further down in the sh in the search results. So is that right? Yeah. So and I say Google because whatever, 90% of Internet traffic, right. search engine traffic is Google. When I say Google, I do mean almost all search engines. So that also includes Bing and Yahoo, which are you know, small amounts of traffic, but not, not, not uh, worth saying something about. Uh, there's also things like DuckDuckGo. There's a lot of sort of alternative ones. So when I say Google, I do mean search engines sort of as a whole, but when we talk about Google, it's because we know the most about them. 
they are the biggest percentage of internet traffic. Um, and one of the things about search engines and Google in particular is they have all these things called ranking signals. Um, all these, which, which tells Google where to rank your website in search results. So there's probably 300 various things that are considered ranking signals. Google never says exactly what they are, right? Because then we could scam the game. I don't know if, if you've heard about um, black hat SEO where the people are paying for backlinks and there's a lot of sort of sketchy things out there. Um, you know, so they never say exactly what causes a website to rank. But as an SEO, as somebody that works in the industry, um, basically we all kind of take a lot of data and then guess about what it is that's causing a site to rank. So most recently, one of the biggest changes in ranking signals was site speed. You know, I'm sure it's been on the list for a long time, but over the last couple of years, it's really become something that's apparent that your site speed really does affect where you show up in search results. The same is true for the mobile ready site. At one point, that didn't matter really at all whether you had mobile ready or not, but eventually Google said, if you don't have a site that will be visible on a mobile device, we're not gonna rank you as high in search results. And the same is true for site speed. So when we have a site that's even again, you and I might not notice the difference in speed, or you might not think you know, because then when you're on a really fast site, you're like, oh yeah, that's a fast site, <laughs> you know? But the difference in speed is literally milliseconds, but it does affect where you rank in search results. And so lots of those, a lot of those things, when you have a web company that knows what they're doing and can build a site, um, and some of this stuff, the technical things is beyond me, but um, the, the way a homepage loads um, and the way they, the way images get cached in, and there's all these various pieces that go into that, um, can shave milliseconds off your load time um, and uh, affect your rankings in the end, basically. Okay. Sense? Yeah, no, it, it does. And um, it, what are some of the other potential factors in, in Google rankings? Is it things like having video on your site or, or you mentioned maybe the reviews have an impact? Yeah, so um, some of the biggest things that we know, again, site speed is one of the top ones. Uh, responsive design is one of the top things. Um, one that's really has been true for a long time and is very, um, uh, is always at the top of the list is what's called click-through rate. So that means the number of times that your website showed up in a set of search results for a various keyword. So like, for instance, if I search air conditioning repair Seattle, we'll, we'll pretend that BDR the contractor. BDR shows up in the search results, you know, 10 times for those search, for that search term and gets clicked on five times. That means there's a 50% click through rate. Now, if that's higher than the next person, then you're gonna probably rank higher in the end, right? So having a higher click-through, the click-through rate is really, is a, an important ranking signal for how, let me see if I can say this the right way. So Google's, altruistically, Google's goal is to provide the best results for any given search. So they want somebody to search for air conditioning repair and they wanna give them the best result possible. And one of the ways they decide if, if your website is the best result is 
basing it on click-through rate. How many people have clicked on your website for that specific search term in, within a given period of time? And then additionally, how long did they spend on the website? Because if they click on this, your link and then bounce right back to search results, that means whatever was on your website didn't hold value to them. That's what Google can determine by that behavior. So if somebody clicks on your website and then it's on your website for, for 30 seconds, a minute, minute and a half, or they visit multiple pages on the site, that's a, pop, that's a very strong click and very strong user behavior. And that tells Google, oh, this is a valid website and they're gonna be more likely to rank you higher the next time. Now, just as a little side note, for any contractors that are tra tracking their search results, if you search Air Conditioning Repair Seattle and do not click on another company, <laughs> if you wanna see what another company's website looks like, go directly to their URL. Never click on them out of search results because you're giving away good clicks, basically. You're telling Google that that company is more valid with this search than the one that you were actually looking for. Does that make sense? Uh, it does. That's uh, fascinating. A little bit scary. Um, <laughs> what, and to me, it underlines the importance of why you need a coach on these kind of things because there's mm -hmm. just so much involved with it nowadays. Yeah, it is very complicated. And I, I, you know, as, as time has gone on, especially with home services, local service, you know, and HVAC in particular, um, as I learn about how like the local market is, is a little bit different than like the national market, let's say, um, because the local market, you know, there might be, let's say there's a hundred thousand people in your local market, you know, a hundred people is a bigger percentage of that market than when you're looking at a national campaign. So there's different sort of small things you can do that actually will affect your search results and affect your listing in a greater way. You can get down to some like individual um, interaction with people in, in, in your local area can affect your search results um, can uh, better, like bigger, they have a bigger effect on your search result than when you talk about national campaigns. It's very interesting. All right, well, let's let's stay on Google here for a minute. And uh, I know one of the other important aspects of, of Google to a contractor is the Google My Business listings. Mm -hmm. uh, talk to us about mm -hmm. what those are and then how that factors into, you know, a web strategy. Sure. So Google My Business is uh, essentially a free listing that Google will create based on, uh, well, basically your address, uh, where your business is located. Um, if, a, if a company doesn't create their own listing, Google will just make you one. We actually run into sometimes where we go to fix up a Google My Business listing and Google has like created another one because somebody checked in at the wrong address or you know, like some weird anomaly and Google will have created another one, which is something BXB can help you with is merging listings. Um, Google's kind of a, it's sort of an interesting, it's such a huge company, you know, and so there's so much stuff that's automated. It makes it very challenging to deal with them sometimes. Um, but Google My Business, it's essentially a free listing. And the, what I, and it gets created, but then there's so many things within that that need to get um, interacted with and uh, edited, basically. So 
at this point, what people have said in the industry is that Google My Business is almost like the front page of your website, more so than your even your actual website. Because for a couple, one of the things is, and I tell all my clients this, Google, even though they say they want to serve all, all the people with search results, really they want to make money like anybody, right? Mm -hmm. Google makes money by keeping people in the Google environment as long as possible. The more users that stay within on the Google domain, the more money they make in the long run. So they've created this Google My Business listing. And if you build it out 100%, it can basically include almost all the information about your company, about, about um, well, think about local service in particular. It can build out, almost, it hold almost all the information for your company that anybody that they would even need to get on your website. You can put products and promotions and posts and hours and special hours and about us and pictures and bios. Like you can do all of the things within that card um, that you can do on your website. And statistically, we've actually seen in the last probably, I want, oh well, I'll just say six months, like sometime this year, um, is that people actually get three to 10 calls for every from Google My Business to their company to their office for every one call from the website. I don't know if you've ever searched, wow. right? Like when I search for like a restaurant, I don't go to their website and call them. I click from Google, right? Mm -hmm. I search mm -hmm. the sushi place down the restaurant and I click the call button. I don't go to the website and then type in the number, you know, or do the click the call. The the pers the number of calls is basically anywhere from three to ten calls for every one call on the website. So making sure the information in that Google My Business listing is super important, is accurate, is super important. C filling it out as much as possible. Um, and then the other thing about that is that Google never says it because they play their cards very close to the chest, but the more you do within Google and the more you play their game, which is filling out all the things they want you to within your listing, the better they treat you in search results. They never uh -huh. say that, but we have a lot of data. We have six years and hundreds of HVAC company data that potentially tells us otherwise. You do these things and Google will treat you better in search results. You've got to play the game, the Google game, it sounds like. <laughs> um, That's right. Now, so if somebody doesn't, they've not done Google My Business so far, and maybe this is the first time they're hearing about it, what, what should they do? Uh, yeah, so um, most likely Google has created a listing. Um, if it hasn't, uh, there's a there's sort of a way you can go um, to create a listing. 99% of companies will already have a listing that exists because it's on the map. Um, if it if they don't, we could talk about that later. It's a little bit more complicated, but most people will already have a listing that exists on the map. If you Google your business name you'll get the card that comes up. Usually I put in like, I, I would say BDR or, um, and then I put your city into, um, and then what will come up is that on the, the right-hand side of search results will be the, um, the Google My Business information card. And it usually has like a, if you haven't done anything, it'll have like the map and maybe a picture from your website, Google will pull some information and then it will have your address and stuff like that. Um, and in that card, it uh, has a little question mark. Own this business? I think that's what it says. Mm -hmm. They did change it recently, but I think, I think it still says own this business. And you click on that, 
and basically verify your ownership. So you would put in your name and the way that it works is uh, they will, Google will send a postcard um, to your location, to your address. You get the postcard, it has a verification code. It usually comes within three to five days. It'll have a verif verification code. Then you go back to the Google search results with your Google account. You oh, you have to have a Google account. I didn't say that in the beginning. You have to have some sort of Gmail, um, whether it's a personal company one, or excuse me, like the owners or somebody in the administration or um, a, a company one, if it was like bdr.gmail.com, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then you go back to that Google account, go to the business listing, and you'll put in the verification code, and then you are the owner and can make any edits and changes and uploads that you want. Does that answer the question? It does, yeah. And that sounds like uh, hopefully if somebody's listening to this and they they've not explored Google My Business, when they get done, you know, listen all the way through the podcast. Don't leave yet. Um, yeah. But then when you do go go get that done because it sounds absolutely yeah. crucial, absolutely crucial yeah. for our business today. Absolutely, and it. I mean, I would say quite honestly, like if you're starting with with all of this digital marketing stuff and especially a smaller company that maybe can't afford to to hire a website company to fix their website and all that stuff the first place to start would be google my business because you can build the entire thing out in everything you need to you can put products in there specials all this stuff um in that google my business listing and again you're going to have potentially three to one calls from google my business right at the low end so it's really important, um, you know, and I'll like, uh, I was gonna say, I can help you. <laughs> Just give me a call. <laughs> no, um, there's a, like, there's another way if the, uh, we did, we've run into occasionally, um, now this wasn't a local service company, but this was something that was a, a company that was connected to another company, blah, 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 so they didn't have a physical mailing address of their own. Um, it's very complicated, but the way they were able to verify their listing was actually through a phone call. So there's a couple different ways to do it. The first way they will they will suggest to you is the postcard with the verification code. But there are additional ways to do that. If for some reason, like you have a, I don't know, post office box, maybe I think is one of the ones that doesn't work. I can't remember right now, but um Maybe I misspoke, but there's the, you know, if for some reason you can't get the, the card, there are other ways to verify, usually a phone number. Um, and then once you get into it, you can like add profiles, you can add different members to users to the, the business listing, you can change contact information, all of that stuff. So, yeah, treat it uh, just like you said, treat it basically as the first page of your website. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I'll say a little tidbit. This is really important. We always suggest in your Google My Business listing to list that you're open 24 hours. There isn't an, there is not an option to like put in office hours and phone hours. We hope eventually Google will do that. But if you don't have 24 hours that you're open 24 hours listed in that card, if somebody comes to your website or is searching and it's like after five o'clock, it's going to say close and you will lose leads. So even if you don't have somebody physically in the office, now I do have people that don't do that. It, it does depend on your company, but our party line suggestion is to make sure that you say 24 hours because you will lose phone calls um, if it says close. So just a yeah, that's a, that's a great nugget there. Thank you. Um, 
So let me ask you, let's kind of now look a little more towards the future of websites. Um, we talked about some features that we're seeing more of now with, with the chat feature and, and, you know, more and more companies are adding reviews on their sites. What, what's the, is there any other new cool stuff that you're starting to see or that's mm -hmm. on the way that uh, people should know about? Yeah. So one of the things I think there a number of, of things about sort of this, First, the internet shift happens so fast, so fast. Like when I say internet old, it's like last year, you know, <laughs> but sort of the same idea of like, you have to have a website to be a valid company, right? If you don't have a site, like, first of all, I don't know, quite honestly, I don't know who's going to find you if I can't like go to the, go to Google and search for you. Like how, how am I going to know who you are? Nobody has a yellow pages. Well, that I shouldn't say that because some place, some areas of the country do. That's true. But Having a website like is really the first base of like validity for your company. But then what we, what our philosophy is, is to use the website as like, um, is not just a brochure of, about the company, but it really can be used as a tool for your, for everything. So um, I remember I had one client at one point um, who uh, white labeled all of their products, right? So they didn't, it, I don't remember actually even, what the actual products were, but they white labeled them with their branding. Is that what it's called, right? White labeling? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so they had basically their whole, their own product listing. And so we do build out all the products on a website for anybody, any of the major brands, whatever. But particularly for this guy, it was really important because he was then able to use the website as a sales tool. So he was able to, they had devices in the field. Um, he was able to bring up the website and go through all of the products and the specs on each, you know, air conditioner. So he didn't have to go to um, like the train website or whatever to, to show a potential customer uh, the information about the products he was trying to sell. So wow. using it as like a sales tool is really important. Mm -hmm. um, having it, we've had, I've had um, some of my clients use it for, um, tracking with their, um, with their employees. So they actually had a password protected part of the site uh, where the employees were able to go and put in information. So they would go to the website. It was like forward slash, I don't even remember now, but then there was a password um, and it granted the user access to a particular form that they would fill out um, because it's sort of a central location. Um, for, for everybody, for people to access information about your website, whether it's the people that work for you, potential customers, um, using it to schedule online. So depending on what platform you use, there's, there's something through Service Titan, um, where it's an online schedule, connects directly to the, to the dispatch. Um, schedule Engine is another one that we have a lot of people that use. Um, use that and then also uh, setting up a, a, there's another couple different formats we've used where people can actually schedule appointments through the website. Um, so customers can go to this to my client's website to the contractor site and schedule their appointments themselves. So that's very cool. Um, I think there's more. Do you want to, should we? <laughs> I'll take a pause. Well, if there. there's more, keep going. Uh, I'm trying to think. So scheduling. Um, chat, using it like a sales tool, um, well, collecting reviews. Um, we do um, community voting. So one of the things about sort of 
just brand building as a wider conversation um, and being part of the local neighborhood and local community, um, we've done like a voting system on the website. So we set it all up where, um, just as a base example, like two high schools in the area, um, and you can send all the members of the community to the website, vote for whichever team they like the most or whatever, you know, whatever you decide the, the parameters are. Um, and then whoever wins gets X, X, Y, Z donated uh, to this school. So we, we use it as like a community building um, platform as well. Um, and and uh, drive, well, for a couple of things, but getting traffic to the website, it also gets the name out there. Um, it's a lot of different ways to use the site. Um, what, one of the fun things about working with all of my clients uh, is that we're continually finding new ways to use the site uh, as, as something other than just just a, a brochure and more of like a tool to really build who the company is online and then also in the wider community which is really fun yeah right on that, that's some i love all those ideas and uh the web the idea of the website being kind of the the hub of that uh that system um and everything that can go on with it uh, so, Angela, let's, let's make sure we cover this. You know, if uh, someone's listening to this and they want help with their website, they want a marketing coach, um, how do they get in contact with you and BXB? Sure. Um, so we have a website. It's BXB. Like, <laughs> Thank uh, goodness. X-ray I was ball worried. Media. I know. Well, I was BXBmedia.com. Um, and the joke is that it's actually under construction. Uh, potentially by the time this airs, it maybe will, the new one will be live. Um, our joke is always that it's kind of like the plumber with a leaky, leaky faucet. <laughs> Cause like we take care of everybody else, but um, sometimes neglect our own house a little bit. Um, so it is under construction. Um, it's, there's, so there's very little content on it right now. We've been working for the last couple months about um, expanding specifically our, our local service, um, home service, uh, information so that people can find some, some <laughs> what they're looking for. Um, but also somebody can email me directly. Um, it's Angela at bxbmedia.com. Um, if they have any questions, um, and I will either answer them or direct them to the person that can. Um, I do want to say one other thing about website tools. Can I do that? <laughs> you, yeah, it's your show. You go for it. Oh, good. Um, so, uh, as soon as I stop talking, one of the other pieces that I love um, about our, about websites, about home search websites in general, is um, the other thing that's very cool specifically for HVAC is it having a way to manage maintenance programs. Um, oh. We developed a pro a, a system um, that where we can actually sign people up through the website. Uh, we can manage all the recurring billing. We can create sales tools uh, through that to help build the maintenance programs um, for our contractors, which is very cool. It, it goes off of that idea, again, of like a central place where all the information can live and can get accessed from anywhere. Um, but specifically, the really neat thing that we can do is, is create a system that manages those um, manages those payments and, and manages those subscriptions uh, to help grow that program. So, 
Yeah, there's a lot to uh, maintenance agreements and properly tracking mm -hmm. those and getting renewals. Uh, so if you've got a tool uh, to do that, that's something contractors should check out for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Angela, I think we've, man, we've got a, covered a lot of ground here today yeah. on, uh, on websites. Is there any kind of final thoughts you want to share with the audience? Well, uh, we did cover a lot, and I, I, well, I'm really grateful to have been asked um, to speak. And you know, we wouldn't really be where we are without you guys, uh, without BDR either. Um, we work very closely with you guys, and um, done a couple profit launches. And so <laughs> I, um, I have a like a soft spot in my heart for you guys because we really wouldn't be where we are without you as well so it's been really nice to um have a working relationship really for the last whatever 10 years or something so um uh, i'm very grateful to have been invited and uh i don't think i have any other thoughts i feel like i talked a lot which is kind of fun so <laughs> well you're you were the guest so that's what you were supposed to do so you uh okay, definitely did did very well um I'll just, uh, once again, they can find you at bxbmedia.com is the website under construction or Angela at bxbmedia.com. Yeah. A-N-G-E-L-A is my name. So. Perfect. And then, yeah. Yeah, and then bxb, so boyxboymedia.com. Yeah. Uh, Angela, thank you so much. You're BDR's uh, web and marketing coach, so uh, we love working with you, and thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Right on. It was our pleasure, and so uh, I think uh, hopefully you're taking away some ideas on how you can maximize your website's potential today. Uh, strongly suggest you consider a, a web or marketing coach, and if you're doing that, definitely consider BXB Media. That's who BDR uses. So with that, uh, Angela, thank you. And thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you next time.